wish upon a star? Then it's time to open your heart and remember dreams come true. Hi everyone and welcome back to season four of the Carousel Project. I can't even believe that. Four just seems like so many seasons. It is absolutely crazy and I am so so excited to be welcoming in season four as always we are so thankful to have you all here if you're new here we're glad to have you if you're returning we're glad to have you and we're just so excited to jump in to this episode but before we get started I am at Josie Maida and you can uh, I'm Josie Maida and you can find me on all socials at Josie Maida and I am Kate Killebrew you can find me on all socials at Kate Killebrew and I'm Adam. You can find me on all socials at Epcot Adam. Yeah, you can. <laughs> first, yeah, you can of season the four. first, yeah, you can of season four. My Apple Watch was saying something, and I was like, why are they both staring at me? And I was like, <laughs> we're like, time. is she going to do it? Yeah. It's my time. I was about well, to I walk said, out. Because yeah. season three, season three had a different cadence. And I said that the correct the cadence would be back. Yes, the last episode yeah. of season three. <laughs> so I said the correct cadence would be back for season four. So here it is. And She's here back. we are. Let's go, baby. <laughs> yeah, you can. <laughs> Let's go. <laughs> Kate, do you want to tell them a little bit about our Patreon before we jump into the episode? Sure. So on um, the day of our season finale for uh, season three, we went ahead and launched our Patreon. Um, there will be a link in the show notes and on our page on our on the Meta Media website. But basically, we offer five different Patreon levels. They all have different things in them. Um, but one of the main things that we're excited about offering is the bonus episodes that we talked about um, last bonus season. Episodes. There's already two bonus episodes loaded for you on Patreon right Right now and we have at least two more coming this season and in the future seasons moving forward we're going to be working them in um so if you're interested in helping support our passion project so we can get bigger and better as the seasons go on we would really appreciate you you guys checking out the patreon and we will be giving shout outs to those those of y'all who join us on Patreon. So I will say the episodes, the bonus episodes are so much fun. They are deeper yes. dives into the weirdest of the weird topics. It's such a fun little project, like a, a project on top of a project, the secret episodes, if you will. Um, and they're really, really great. So if you love these episodes, they're super fun to listen to. And we have a new Facebook group, private Facebook group, just for people who have joined our Patreon. You don't, you can be in any of the tiers and you can be a part of it. And that's where we'll be doing a lot of behind the scenes stuff like talking to you guys a little bit more and keeping y'all updated throughout the season in that group um so we would love to have y'all over there yeah we would just to entice you guys even more the two bonus episodes that are currently on our patreon um are about beastly kingdom the never built land and animal kingdom and um when winnie the pooh ran for president back in the 1970s both really fun like niche topics and Moving forward in the seasons, we'll be releasing these bonus episodes right alongside our episode on this platform, so you'll have even more to listen to that week. Um, but yeah, if you guys will give us a chance and check it out, we would really appreciate it. All right, so now we're ready to dive into our topic for today's episode, our first episode of season four, and we're going to start it as always with a question. So the question of the week for our lovely hosts is... Can you talk about a favorite trip to Disneyland or a favorite memory in Disneyland? Adam, it should be really easy for you. <laughs> it should be. It should be easy. <laughs> Take it away, what Adam. They don't know behind, what they don't know behind the scenes is we spent 30 minutes before we started recording go, trying to fix, 
trying to find one specific Disney trip that stood out to me. Um, I guess we could talk about me going as a kid um, because I grew up an hour from Disneyland. I still live an hour from Disneyland. So my first trip was when I was just about three years old uh, in the fall of 1988 because I'm old as dirt. (laughs) Um, And so we would go usually like four or five times a year as a kid. Um, And I became an annual pass holder, I believe, in 1995. Wow. And um, as a as a kid, you my favorite. Did. <laughs> I did. <laughs> um, and obviously, my two favorite attractions were People Mover and Country Bear Jamboree, which go. both no longer exist. So that's why I go to Disney World <laughs> more now because Disneyland decided to screw me over. And um, there's nothing memorable about the times he goes now no, to Disneyland. No, so he has nothing, to go to Walt Disney nothing. World to have some memories. <laughs> Exactly. Yeah, I go me. to Disneyland the star once every of the show. Right. Yeah, I go to I'm Disneyland there, once every two me. weeks. <laughs> no, not at all. And nothing is memorable. I go and I walk around. I'm like, what is this place? Where's Country Bear Jamboree? Get me to Florida. What is this garbage? If I he can't says. scuba, what, what's the point? Why, what am I doing this for? <laughs> exactly. Oh my gosh. Okay, Kate, what about you? Um, so I guess my most memorable for Disneyland would be the, my first trip to Disneyland. It was in 2016. Um, it was during the 60th anniversary. Um, I went for my honeymoon and it was memorable for me because it was an actual Disney first that I could share with Nick because he'd only been to Disney twice before he met me and I go yearly to Walt Disney World. So it was nice for us to both have a Disney first together, um, at, at Disneyland for our honeymoon so yeah and also your first trip with me of course oh yeah i mean actually she told me that wasn't memorable well since you were there you didn't really remember it so like i didn't remember it and it's like it wasn't memorable no every time i go to disneyland it's such a treat because i grew up really believing i would never make it over there um because it just seems so far away so and now you're a magic key holder yeah Um, and my favorite trip to Disneyland was when I was in college. So I'll never forget my brother and I had the same spring break and then my stepbrother and stepsister had the same spring break. So our parents decided that each sibling set could pick a a spring break to go on with each parent. So my mom took my brother and I during our spring break that somehow matched up. And then my other two siblings went with their dad or stepdad and it was it just worked out for the year it was really fun my brother and I don't agree on anything literally like we are opposites in every single way except that we look like clones we look exactly the same yeah I'll do but we are opposite in every other way and we somehow both agreed on California we both wanted to go to California so I love that. We kind of drove up the coast and or down the coast. I don't know which way. We st- <laughs> they were on the you coast. Drove, we were right, all were over the, the place. <laughs> we were somewhere. <laughs> we were somewhere in California. And we did a lot of really cool things, but we went to Disneyland. And it was a really great trip. It was nice. We stayed in the Grand Californian. Oh. My, my mom had always wanted to stay in Wilderness Lodge, which she never got the chance oh. to do. But the Grand Californian was That's so pretty similar damn to close. Wilderness Lodge yeah. that she wanted yeah. to stay there. And I just, I remember I don't know why, but I love this moment. I think my brother was in the room, which was like weird, but my mom and I were by ourselves and we were waiting in line for 
Soren over California. I think it was Soren over California at the time for yeah. Soren. We were mm-hmm. waiting for Soren. Yeah. And I had fake eyelashes on, on and a hair from my head was stuck in between my fake eyelashes and my mom went to get it and she ripped off my whole fake eyelash <laughs> and we just could not stop laughing <laughs> and I, at the fact that I was standing in Disneyland with like one fake eyelash and one not. <laughs> Thankfully, like Soren was like really close to like the entrance from the park straight to the Grand mm. California. Oh, yeah. So we yeah, went back right after the ride, but we just could not stop laughing. Um, and I, I always remember that. That was actually a really great trip. Oh, that's fun. Oh, well, we're all going to be making Disneyland memories this September. Yeah. Yeah, we are. I can't wait. We need to start figuring. We need to start like nailing down those plans, like w- what yeah. days we're going and stuff like that. Anyway, we'll talk about that later. Anyways, the happiest celebration on Earth. Actually, this is the happiest homecoming on Earth. Well, actually, if you want to get technical, my girl, um, it was was the happiest homecoming on Earth at Disneyland. But globally, it was the happiest celebration on Earth. So we're both right. We're both right. Whatever, Kate. Yeah, but I'm writer. (laughs) All right. Okay. <laughs> Are we well? No. Probably not. Is this Never. the highlight of my day? Yes. Yes. Always. Yes, it was. Always. Always. Okay. So, yes, today we we're talking about the happiest homecoming on earth or the happiest celebration on earth. Both would be correct. Yes. Um, an 18 month long celebration of Disneyland Resort's 50th anniversary. It's been really fun. You know, normally when we open or close seasons, we do like to talk about big celebrations. Mm -hmm. And it's been really exciting as we're in the middle of a big celebration here at Walt Disney World for the Walt Disney World 50th anniversary. So we thought this was the perfect time to cover what Disneyland did for their 50th anniversary. Yes. And see if there were any similarities or differences and, and to see what they did. So, yeah, the celebration started on May 5th, 2005. Um, and actually I had some stuff from the night before. Yeah. I love how they say it starts, but then the media events kind of the night before and they had a really cool media event for, well, for this event. Before we hit two thousand five, I just wanted to note that on May fifth, two thousand four, um, exactly a year before the happiest homecoming on earth would begin, um, that was when Michael Eisner announced the the fiftieth celebration. He announced it on mm-hmm. um, May 5th, 2004. But something else cool happened that day. Um, Tower of Terror opened at DCA the same day. And if you guys remember when we talked about the sitcom episode, I mentioned that the George Lopez episode came out like two days before Tower of Terror would open at DCA and it featured Tower of Terror footage. This totally tracks now that they were like ramping up to share like a year from now, it'll be the 50th. So I thought that was kind of fun, like on the marketing side, like how they kind of rolled all that out. Especially how it kind of nods to one of our earlier episodes and we love a Michael Eisner moment. Yes. And so for that, they had... um, Michael Eisner, Bob Iger, Julie Andrews, because she was going to be the ambassador for the 50th, and um, Jay Rosullo, and they were talking... I'm sorry, I'm sorry, but they got Julie Andrews and we got George Calagritas. I'm sorry, no disrespect, George Calagritas is a super nice man, (laughs) he's wonderful, but everybody pales in comparison to Julie Forkin Andrews. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Right, does George Calagritas have a horse on the carousel? Nope. Well, and the confusing thing for me, I really thought they would have pulled Julie Andrews again for the 50th for Walt Disney World just because she hosted the television special for Walt Disney World. 
Like she for the hosted no like for, back in the day like when it when I was it opened say, she was only, like she had she a was whole the, it was Whoopi Goldberg for the fiftieth of Walt Disney World. Yeah, I'm mm-hmm. saying for the yeah, opening yeah, 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 yeah. of Walt Disney World on TV, like in 1971, yeah, 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 yeah. she had like a whole singing number on It's a Small World, like in the boats, and like she Iconic. was on the monorail, and anyway, it, to me it seemed like an easy pull to be like, let's, let's, yeah, 50 and years I feel like, later. I feel like our girl, I feel like our girl, yeah, Julie, is still She'd working. make a comeback for this, I feel like. Like she was, anyway, yeah, she's whatever. She's still doing her thing. She's still getting down with her bad self. Anyway, yeah. yes. Anyway, that I been digress. really, really cool. I well, digress. I, I digressed because I said I can't believe they had Julie Andrews. And again, no shade at George Calagritis. He's a wonderful man. But that's that's a big difference. Yeah. Because not everybody knows who George Calagritis is, but everybody knows who Julie Forkin Andrews is. Oh, yeah. Totally. So, just saying. Yeah. So um, now we can take it to May 4th, 2005, if you would like. I will allow Okay, it. I would like. Thank you so much. So May 4th, the park was actually closed for a media event, a media to-do, if you will. Mm-hmm. And um, it was one of the few, like, planned closures in Disneyland history. Um it had been decades since they had done something like this. So it was a really huge deal. And what I thought was really cool was that guests who were staying at the three Disneyland resorts um, received letters to their rooms that they were invited to go in during the media event to be like media wow. extras yeah. for the filming. I thought that was awesome. And they got like no no pre-warning, no nothing. It was just like if you so happen to be lucky enough to be staying at one of the That's resorts. That's crazy. Which I thought was so, so cool and so fun because we were staying at the Contemporary right before the 50th. Like, can yeah. you imagine if they had sent something to right. us? That would have been amazing. Because there was a big media yep. event. There was. The, the night before the 50th or one of the nights leading up to the 50th and the park was dead. I, I mean, I was there yeah. and it was it was really, really, really cool. Well, that was definitely one of the... Oh, I was... <laughs> <laughs> oh wow <laughs> but i was i was there and it was amazing and i it would have been really cool if they had like been like even if they just sent like to random different yeah. like hotel rooms they were like hey you're invited to be an right. extra that would have been you so can, cool or you're that invited to us. experience it this been. that would us have been us in really all-star cool. music it should have been us or all-star movies it should have been us <laughs> well, well you two, two nights before park view yeah. <laughs> yeah i know when i stood on my chair we were able to the see the top floor, six inches I the top of the space, space mountain spire okay. um but you guys could also see the dumpster, so... That's true. <laughs> and the tennis courts, let's not forget. It was a well-rounded view, I'd like to say. It wasn't just the theme park view. It was also, like, the, that dumpster view. Right. We had a tennis court view. When I when I bought into DVC seven years ago, I knew it, was it would for be that for that view. view. Yes, it was for the dumpsters, specifically. TBT oh, to when I had a panic attack that night and left in the middle of the night. <laughs> I was so stressed about my work for the 50th that I could not sleep. And I woke up in the middle of the night and I was like, I have to leave. I have to go back to my house. And well, like, the best like part was I, I also had jumped for like two up. hours, not even. But I right. also jumped up in the middle of the night panicking that you were going to oversleep for your work. Because yep. I do that with Nick, too. And I, we, I, were, we both we jumped so up. We were so stressed for what? And then, and then you were like, okay, I'm going home. And I was like, 
okay. And I was like, I might sleep now because I won't be afraid about her oversleeping. <laughs> but I think we slept for like think, an hour yeah. and then we just yeah. No, it was it was it was brutal. It was but brutal. I remember so, that that night we stayed there. We tried to order dinner from like six different places, and everyone no like one, kept yeah. canceling. And yeah, yeah, it was a mess. Time. It was a, <laughs> Thanks, it, it was Tower. memorable, but not for the right reasons. Like it right. was a. <laughs> But we but did. We were in it yeah, together. We still did it. We did it. We did it. We did it, Joe. <coughs> um, so yeah, May fourth, it was closed for this really cool media event. Kate, maybe you have more like clarity on this, but I saw that on May fifth, Leanne Rhymes and a couple other people sang. Yes. But then when I was watching, which I'll put in the show notes, what was supposed to be the press event, mm-hmm. they were there, which I think makes more sense to me because I don't think on the morning of they would have them live in the park with all the craziness of the 50th singing at Christina Aguilera and Leanne Rhymes singing. So they, according to everything I researched, they did. Now on the 4th, what they were doing is they were recording footage for a special. They did have some people like filming stuff for like a TV special in the future, but no, on May 5th, 2005, they had, um, they had them there. Let me see. Let me go to the notes for that. Yeah. They, um, it was, they had, um, a, a dedication ceremony led by Mikey, um, with Julie Andrews, the, the official 50th ambassador, Art Linkletter, one of the original anchors of the Dateline Disneyland broadcast from, like, opening day. Um, and then they also had... Yes, I thought that was so cool. Yeah, they had Christina Aguilera and Leanne Rimes there performing, um, specifically performing the, the anthem for the 50th celebration. Um, and then they had... Uh, they also had cuts to all of the other theme parks globally, like live cuts to like Walt Disney World, Tokyo, um, wow. Disneyland Paris, and even Hong Kong Disneyland, which was still a construction site at that time. They still cut over to that park um, for that as well, um, which I thought was really cool. But the first person to get in the gate on that day was um, Madison Stegerwald, um, and she she was 16. She entered with her grandma, and they had started camping out at 3 p.m. the day before. Um, and <laughs> do you imagine that the park's like, oh, I guess the park was closed the day before? And, and I was gonna say, like, for the 50th of Walt Disney World, like it was totally open. Do you imagine just like sitting there by the gate, like, no, yeah. I'm not coming in yet. <laughs> well, Tomorrow. and the interesting thing is, like, I watched somebody's vlog from the actual 50th anniversary on July 17th. Um, so this is where it gets mm-hmm. a little confusing since it was 2005, but definitely on the 17th of July, but I'm pretty sure the same thing happened in on May 5th. Like, the people that were lining up um, that early the day before, they ended up keeping DCA open overnight so the line could extend into DCA. It went all throughout the park, and then a second line began, like, very early in the morning before it would open, um, like, at the security area. So, like, anybody that couldn't get in that initial line. And, like, the the vlog I watched on the 17th, they had handed out the gold um, Mickey hats to everybody, like, in DCA mm-hmm. before they even got in the park. They didn't scan them in the park like normal. It was almost like they were scanning them in DCA, and then they just walked through, like, one gate to get in the park. Like, they were very quick about getting everybody through. Anyway, lots of chaos, but... um. I mean, we'll get to we'll get to July seventeenth eventually, but yeah, I mean, I think having Art Link letter back for mm-hmm. the start of that was amazing. I think um, you know Julie Andrews obviously as the ambassador, um, you know, in in the Mikey times they they loved a dedication ceremony. They were doing dedication ceremonies left and right, and this mm-hmm. was no exception. So yeah, they said we have an excuse. 
Let's do it. Mikey can take the stage. Mikey's up. He will. He will. I will just (laughs) say for like a, like from a like number standpoint, I love that it started on 5505. Like, I think that's so fun for like. But see, I'm like, why can't the anniversaries, can it just start on the, can it just start on the actual 50th? I know. They were being Mm -hmm. really extra. I think, I'm thinking they just wanted to be able to do the push through the summer like that's all I could think but then I think about it and I'm like well 50th 5505 like okay you know they had five turrets on the castle for like the or crowns for like the um it was five well decades thought out. and yeah like I the, when I first thought about it I was like why is it 5505 but then I thought about it a little more and I'm like you know the number was nice you know <laughs> a nice round number yeah mm-hmm, mm-hmm. so um I have like I have a little timeline of what happened like throughout the entire um 50th but i figured before that we could kind of talk about what what happened like at disneyland first and then we could talk about the other parks and then get to that timeline maybe what do you think yes that sounds good i also thought it was cool i saw that they featured over 40 children's singers from the southern california children's choir oh wow and they did a sing sing along with it's a small world Oh, that's cool. But it was confusing the way it was written, but yeah. I will say, like, for those listening, the only challenging thing about this is that since the Walt Disney World 50th is Mm -hmm. currently going on, no matter what we put in the Google search, they still wanted to give us Walt Disney World information, so... They said, Disney's paying us a lot of money to serve you. Your your search was close enough. Yeah. So, um, so I was actually surprised, like, how hard I had to work to find some of this stuff, but anyways. Mm -hmm. Oh, 100%. I agree. But I do really like the press event video I found, and I'm really excited to share that in the show notes. Yes, yes. Um, the commercials I found and stuff were really fun as well. But, um, I, I will say what I enjoyed was that they really did make this a global celebration, like, stretching across to all the parks, and I think it's really fun that, you know, Hong Kong Disneyland would end up opening up in September of 2005. So that was kind of part of the celebration as well. Um, but yeah, when, did you know when they showed the broadcast and they showed all the different parks around the world, they showed like where the one park was being built. Yeah, even that's though it wasn't yeah. built yet. Yeah, Isn't the construction that so cool? site. Yeah. That's so cute. I know. I, I wish we were getting fun. a new park. Like how cool is that, that they were literally building a whole new yeah, I know. It's wild. Mm-hmm. I thought, yeah, I thought that was really fun. But um, one thing that I thought was interesting was, like, Disneyland really didn't get any, like, major new attractions during this. Like, I mean, it, it had, like, two new attractions, but they weren't anything, they weren't, like, a new coaster or something, which is no. so the opposite of what the 50th is for Walt Disney World. Um, but I loved like all the other little details that they put in at Disneyland for the 50th. So the two attractions that were featured during the 50th celebration at Disneyland were um, Buzz Lightyear Astro Blasters. It had just opened in March of 2005. Um, and then yeah. during the celebration in 2006, we would get Monsters, Inc., Mike and Sully to the rescue in January of 2006. So kind of in like the second year of the celebration. I love that ride. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> Me so too. Good. It's so I good. love that ride too because my dad always says that he used to always call my mom um, Roz. Oh, really? 
because my dad's name is Mike <laughs> oh. and my mom never let him get away with sugar and he would he'd be like Mike I'm always watching you oh. <laughs> he'd say that was my mom because my she, gosh. again she never let him get away with anything at all so when we went on that ride I remember we took a picture of like you know my mom in the ride car with oh with yeah <laughs> that's perfect I love, I love it. that <laughs> well one major refurb that took place during the 50th which i'm sure adam will have some thoughts about is the space mountain refurb that they did um yes so i i looked into this a little bit because i wanted to highlight how much of a refurb it was because as adam knows it was like the attraction was down for like a year and a half it was two closed years. for, it was so, down for long. so long and it well it yeah. said a lot of when i in my research it said that a lot of the attractions were down and they like made it so they could open from long like one of the sources i was reading from was like there were a lot of long refurbishments on big rides and they had them all reopened for the 50th yeah well this one it opened on um July 15th, 05, so like two days before Disneyland's actual 50th anniversary. And apparently they had been pushing back that date and they ended up letting them know like end of June that it would actually be reopening like two days before the 50th, which was great. But yeah, it had a complete track replacement, which started in April of 2003. Um, the Space Mountain out exterior was um, restored to its original white. It had been painted like gold green copper and bronze yes, back in 1997 awful. which i can't even imagine yep. like i, I can't want a picture of that, that. For, it was for like tomorrowland i think they called it like tomorrowland 2020 or something they were trying to like that's redo the new it. tomorrowland that was the rocket rod phase i think yeah and it was um yeah. i think it was a good year sponsorship situation that's why they changed it to match like some other stuff that's what i read but yeah but so all of tomorrowland was painted like those colors crazy like, that sounds I mean, yeah i can't hideous. even imagine it was, it. it was awful um, sounds so ugly. I'm not going to lie. That sounds ugly. I know. Well, that whenever it said, like, restored to original white, I was like, well, what was it before? So I Googled it, and then, <laughs> yeah, I found out it was gold, green, copper, and bronze. Um, so they had new rocket sleds, new special effects, a new storyline, a new soundtrack from um, Michael Giacchino that's synchronized to the track. Um, a new storyline? Well, I, th I mean, I guess they just, like, ramped it up i don't know well, that's in, what, that's what... well in the in the queue in the old queue in oh, okay, at least in the go. 90s yeah they used to have these tvs that would play like space music videos oh and yeah have, like space commercials in them oh. um and also there's a window in the queue where you could see the ride and oh. one of the one of the like little asteroid projections on the wall was shaped like a chocolate chip cookie. So we would always like as we were walking by the window, we would always try to pick out the chocolate chip cookie asteroid as it like they went used to have something like that at Magic Kingdom too, where you could really? see the projections from the line, and you used to be able to mm -hmm. see it whenever you were um, driving by on the like people mover as well. Like you could see it, but yeah, that went away at uh -huh. some point. I don't know when. Yeah. I mean, now that you're saying that, I remember that for Magic Kingdom too. Yeah. Yeah, but they had TVs and the viewing area where you could actually like, see into the ride while you were waiting. Well, and then in addition to like the attraction changes, they also took this almost two-year renovation period to make like some just like general changes that were good for structural purposes. Like they laid the foundation thirty feet deeper. They also um, lowered the floor of the mountain ten feet for the evacuation process. So like they did some other things like that while it was closed down. Um 
The rockets also no longer glowed in the dark, so I guess they glowed in the dark before that, yeah. Adam. If, so that's if you good. look, yeah, because on through those like viewing windows in the line, yeah. you'd be able to see like they have like uh, a okay, strip okay, yeah. on the side. If you if you watch like the old Disneyland that Disneyland like fun video I showed you or the the day at Disneyland video from 1993 that I showed you oh, yeah, on yeah, YouTube yeah. a few years ago they glowed in the dark um, still yeah they have like Pluto I think it's Pluto and Launchpad from Ducktales riding Space Mountain which is so bizarre of a combo <laughs> but when they show it you could see like the glowing like it's basically like glow, like the stuff that like the glow in the dark stars that go on your ceiling yeah. were made out of <laughs> think, or that on the side of the and ship. And I think Space Mountain in Disney World had glowing cars for a little while when I was a kid too. They actually used to be different like it was a different color completely like I think it was like blue and green was like the colors uh-huh. of it and <laughs> so yeah so like when you were riding the people mover you could see the cars like it wow. on the track but yeah. now I can't even imagine that because it just makes so much sense for them to be you know not glowing especially since we sometimes have random lights on and the people mover and stuff when right. it's down um but then the last thing about the space mountain refurb um when it had its reopening ceremony on July 15 2005 Neil Armstrong was there for that, and he was presented with a, a plaque. Um, so, so yeah, they made a big wow. to-do of this huge refurb for Space Mountain, which leads me to say I need them to finish Tron specifically <laughs> so my girl, Miss Space Mountain of Magic Kingdom, can yes. get the yes. two-year refurb that she deserves. I'm tired of people trashing her. Miss Girl has been working hard since 1975, and she is holding that park on her back right now yep. until they it's get that the new coaster has. done so they can close her down. Because yep. she she could have a great track, too, but they couldn't close her down for two years. Maybe they she could have a soundtrack. Yeah, <laughs> a soundtrack. All they do is a little overlays every once in a while, yeah. and that's it. They're like, you get an overlay, babe. So we're waiting for I that. I really did like the overlays, though. Yeah. The Christmas I do one too. was fun. Yeah, yeah no, those no are complaints. fun. Those are fun. Yeah. But yeah, I, I wanted to look into that because I, I knew that they had changed the track out, but I wanted to know, like, what other stuff changed for the 50th. But I mean, I think that was a well worthwhile, like, two-year break or year-and-a-half break yeah, from the it, ride, it I'd say. Yeah, it felt so long. Like, every time we would oh, go, yeah. we'd be like, wow, Space Mountain still isn't open. It just felt like it was taking forever. But it was worth it because they did such a good job with it. Dang. Well, um, in addition to that, like decor wise, um, they had the, like I said, the five crowns um, on the castle to represent the five decades of the parks. Um, they had the royal banners that were out. They had a 50 on the castle. Um, it was supposed, the Sleeping Beauty castle was supposed to be the focal point of the entire celebration. Um, I saw they had like a 50th flower bed in the front of Disneyland, which was really fun. I love the 50th medallion they put on, um, yes, on Um, the castle at Walt Disney World. I always think that's like one of the prettiest castles they've ever done. It was really pretty. It is really pretty. Um, and then what, one thing that I loved that they did for, well, there's a lot of things that they did that I love, but one of the things I loved was that they did the golden touch on like all of the original 1955 yes, attractions. Yes, yes, there was yes, one yes. vehicle in mm-hmm. each attraction that was golden, which was very fun to look <gasps> back so at cool. jing- to Jingles because Jingles was the, the horse for that, but... 
they basically just painted him gold. Like, that was basically all they did. And so, like, to see how they renovated him, like, during the Year of a Million Dreams, whenever they presented him to um, Julie Andrews the next year, Mm -hmm. it was kind of cool to see, like, what changes they made to how he looks now. Um, But I also read that apparently they added 50 additional hidden Mickeys, like golden hidden Mickeys to the park as well. I remember that. Which I think that's so fun because people have to go search Which is kind of similar. That's kind of similar to the statues. Yeah. Although the statues at Walt Disney World, I feel like most of them, like the ones at Epcot are all together. You know what I mean? Like a lot of them, like it's not like a scavenger hunt, but I think they tried to have the same. Also what stunk, and I didn't realize it at first, but it's 50 characters. So there's not actually 50 right oh you're right characters so like some of those statues are like miguel and dante together so that's just that's one one statue statue. so there's probably like 40 or 35 statues maybe Mm -hmm. that's a that's a good point i never thought about it was very fun to be a part of that i really liked what they did for the 50th of walt disney world with those statues when they were announcing them um because i got to help zach announce the rocket and groot one yeah and um Mm -hmm. That was really, really exciting, and um, it was just, it was, it was a cool process. I loved that they had somebody who was close to each character announce it, and every day, like, it flipped on that little castle. That was one of my favorite things they did, was not the statues per se, but I thought the announcement of the statues was really cool. I thought it was fun. It was fun getting to see which one they were going to say next. I just think the, the hidden Mickeys are fun, because, like, at that point in time, hidden Mickeys were really big, and... For people to know, like, there's 50 more to find, like, especially it being a local park and, like, most people, they've been going there their whole life and it's like, okay, we have 50 more hidden Mickeys to try to find in this park, you know? And specific ones that were gold for the 50th, too. which is so fun. Yeah. And I remember it was always, like, the for the, to get on, like, the the golden ride vehicle, it was always, like people were losing their minds trying to get on these. It's oh, like, oh my gosh, I would have, I would have. Yeah. I am totally I'm like that, that about person. Jingles I would have been now. like, I will wait as long yeah. as I need to look. 17 to wait. years yeah. later, I'm still trying to ride Jingles. <laughs> I remember one time, um, my friend Paul and I were there and his favorite ride ever is Peter Pan's Flight. And we were just like waiting and waiting. And when we got to where we were like three or four people from getting on the ride, we see the golden one pull up behind us. We're like, and we're counting it out. We're like, oh my God, we might get it. We might get it. And we oh. actually got the, the, the golden oh, uh, the flight. Yep. I thought yep. it was going to end sad. I'm glad it ended No, we happy. got that. Yep. Yep. One of the few I thought it was going to end bad too. He was going to be like, oh, and then a family came through the pass pass lane and <laughs> <laughs> stole it from us. Well, um, also one of the main things that they did was the happiest faces on earth um campaign that yes. they had i, I thought that was so this. i thought this was super fun. cute so basically they gathered people's vacation photos um like thousands of vacation photos of people from around the world in disney parks some dating back to like 1955 and they created 34 photo mosaics um out mm-hmm. of the vacation photos that could be found around disneyland and the one that i saw initially was that really famous picture of like walt and mickey in the little car like i'm kind of by the yes. castle area yeah i yep, love that yep. one but they have they had a bunch of other ones obviously there were 34 but i thought this was like a really fun like project and it just made me think yeah. can you imagine if something like if they would have done that for this 50th it would have been so easy to collect those photos with a hashtag or something on social media like this yeah. was before social media so this was a yeah this was a, a had to be a big project for such and they a were big thing. too from what i remember they were like maybe five or six feet wide and five, wow. five or six feet tall like they were big and uh, the so pictures cool. were so small they were so you know i don't know how many thousands of pictures per 
uh, you know, photo mosaic, but there were a lot of pictures in there. Um, and then Richard Marks was who wrote the um, 50th anniversary anthem, which would play nightly after the fireworks show. Um, the rem- I think it was Remember Dreams Come Remember True. Dreams Come True. The fireworks the show would play after that. So um, we love a good anthem. We love a good 50th anthem. I mean, Magic is Calling has still got a hold the on magic me. Is calling, <laughs> calling, calling I sing it all the time. Kate, Exclusive. Kate was singing that our whole trip last I week. I was. Yeah, Adam was like, really I, does. I think you. it gets stuck in your head, but it's funny because Mario Cobre for the first few weeks of the 50th was playing it oh, in yeah, Spanish, and Renee was cracking up because he was like, the translation makes no sense. He was like, instead of like, I forget what part it was, but it was like, instead of like, answer the call, it was like... Let's go over there. Yeah, you. That's what it was. You told me about that. It's so funny. And he just he could not. So whenever I get it stuck in my head and I start singing it around the house, he'll like sing it in the Spanish trans, like in English, but from the Spanish translation. Mm-hmm. Um. Well, the day before Sleeping Beauty, I mean, the day before Space Mountain reopened, um, Sleeping Beauty Castle. Uh, they, Disneyland got a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame with Sleeping Beauty Castle as the special icon. So July mm-hmm. 14th, 2015, I thought, I mean, 2005. 2005. July 14th, 2005, Disneyland receives its own star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame and Sleeping Beauty so Castle cool. was the special icon. So I thought that was fun. Yeah. Like, I mean, you know, it started May 5th, but I like that they kind of did some exciting stuff leading up to the actual anniversary which, on the actual anniversary, I mean, they had Walt's daughter, Diane Disney Miller, um, you know, do a rededication, reading his original plaque speech. Um, Arnold Schwarzenegger, uh, California's governor at the time, was there. Obviously, Mikey was there. Mikey wasn't going to miss a rededication. Um, Mikey but, just was everywhere, which is so cool. Yeah, and so... Because we don't see that as much anymore. No. Although, I guess I kind of understand. I don't know if, like, more people know them, but when I was in the park with Bob and Bob... Yeah. Right before the 50th yeah. on when we were in Epcot. Yeah. They were in like a sectioned off section and people were, were great, like crazy. Yeah. So I don't know if it's just crazier now and they're not able to be as hands-on as Mikey. Like, yeah. I wonder if he was able to go into the park and be a little bit more I think incognito. that's probably a good point because, yeah. I mean, we didn't have Twitter back then where somebody could be like, Mikey was just riding Indiana Jones, you know, like it wasn't right, like that. So you know, like if he was in the park, there were photos of it obviously but most day-to-day people may not have even known like who he was so yeah that's a good point i mean i still think that it's odd that they didn't have any sort of rededication on walt on the 50th day like i think that's very odd like very odd but it's fine um we'll try for the 75th and see what (laughs) happens then um but yeah so i i thought it was great that they had diane come back and you know read the the um the speech that her dad had given and you know it was just such a special like full circle moment because i mean he created this theme park dream because of his daughters and so for his daughter to be able to be there 50 years later on the day to i mean tears tears right there but yeah and so i mean 
like I said, I think they really leaned into the golden theme. Um, some of the new entertainment that was going on at Disneyland at that time was Walt Disney's Parade of Dreams. It had over 50 characters in it, seven new floats, hundreds of performers. In the um, advertisement video, they were calling it part show, part parade. Like, it was supposed to be, like, over the top. Um, do you remember that parade, um, Adam? Not really. Dang. Like, I know I saw it, but well, it is I Disneyland, so it, it wasn't memorable. Um, <laughs> right, it wasn't memorable at all. I definitely did not. Um, I didn't I either. Did not see it. Um, so then, like Adam said, remember, dreams come true was the fireworks show. Um, yes. And then they had the first fifty magical years, or the or the first magical fifty years. That was um, a show that was in the theater where um, Great Moments with Mr. Lincoln mm-hmm. is currently, and it was hosted by Donald and Steve Martin. Yes. Um, yep. And I think it was also opened on the start of the 50th celebration by Steve Martin as well. Like, I think I read he was there that day, which would make sense, but they were like really leaning into the fact that he used to work at Disneyland too. I think I read the magic shop mm -hmm. is where he used to work. That that whole show with him and Donald duck, it started with him talking about how he, his first job was in the magic shop on main street. Oh, I love that. Very cute. Very, very cute. And um, it included never-before-seen opening day footage. And so I was listening to a podcast today on um, the 50th of Disneyland. And the crazy thing is the episode of the podcast came out on July 17th, 2005. So, like, the actual 50th anniversary of Disneyland. And they had an Imagineer on um, who was, like, some director of entertainment or something. Like, he had worked on, like, Tower of Terror and things like that. He was talking about how specifically for that um walk through movie feature that they had in the theater um some of the footage from it was color footage that was taken for dateline disneyland but they couldn't air it on tv like they couldn't do anything with it because the color technology wasn't available for like television yet so this footage Uh... truly was like really never before never seen, seen for this in film. that in that way yeah so i thought that was really that was a really cool note that i hadn't found anywhere online but like he would know he was an imagineer working on like the 50th celebration so i thought that was a fun note um i read an article from the la times where they were talking about um the start of the 50th celebration and they listed like some of the merch that was featured and one thing stuck out to me because it just perfectly encapsulates like that time period of merchandise um they mentioned that there was going to be a 50th antenna ball like do you guys remember I when they had antenna that. balls for everything like yes. they antenna had a whole ki- they had an entire kit of like every holiday you know mickey themed like antenna balls like i remember that so vividly in the emporium in that time frame so yep. yeah they oh, mentioned yeah. they mentioned like you know obviously the golden mickey hat the clothing sarah graphs um watches pins but when i saw antenna balls i was like oh my gosh the fact that yep. like that sent me back but they announced it i yeah. wish i knew where it was balls. I think it's, I wish they would do like a vault collection of like, I want to see that. I want to see like 50th. That's pretty cool. Um, and I guess before we switch over to like the other parks and what they did, I did want to mention this, um, this like activation that they did like, like statewide, like, um, countrywide, they did the happiest balloon on earth. Did you guys see anything about that? No, I did the happiest balloon on earth. Like, is this like an air balloon? Like yes. they did for So Epcot? the only reason I knew to look for this is because 
later this week, I will be doing an On This Day in Disney History about this balloon. But um, so in March of 2006, uh, the happiest balloon on Earth had its maiden flight in Pendleton, Oregon. It was about to take the happiest balloon on Earth tour to celebrate um, Disneyland's 50th. Um, so what they did is they took the original happiest balloon on Earth, which was um, a Mickey head, like a normal Mickey head. But they yeah. turned the top of his head into like the golden Mickey ears hat. So you had you had the giant Mickey, but he had like the big Mickey hat on with the 50th. Like it was so cute. And so um, this 98 foot tall, 53 foot foot from ear to ear balloon um visited the grand canyon vancouver canada um seattle portland oregon san francisco and of course disneyland park and i'm going to share a link in the show notes to like a few pictures disney parks blog put up but there's a picture of it like creeping behind sleeping beauty castle like you just see like mickey's (laughs) eyes and his like little gold hat like (laughs) peeping out from behind the castle it's so funny but um but yeah, it was um, the the special fiftieth anniversary hat would end up going away after the celebration was over, and as we talked about um, in another episode, they had they ended up using that balloon again during the Year of a Million Dreams celebration, which would be in October of two thousand six uh, when that one would start. So I thought that was a fun little thing. Um, I know we talked about that balloon before. Um, so I think it's fun that they worked that into the celebration as well. I love that. I love that. I love that they were into balloons. Yeah. Well, the balloon, I looked it up and the balloon was originally, um, created in 1988. They did another version in 1993 and then in 2006 for the, um, for the 50th celebration. So it has a long history, but, um, as we talked about the, the celebration extended to all of the all of the parks around the globe, um, which I thought was really fun, especially, like I said, the fact that Hong Kong wasn't quite built yet. It kind of gave them an excuse to throw that into like the 50th. But I saw they also did something special on Disney Cruise Line um, for the fi- for the 50th of Disneyland as well. Um, so the Disney Magic actually sailed to the West Coast in summer of 2005 for 12 one-week cruises from Los Angeles to the Mexican Riviera. Um, I would have loved it. Wow. So, and so it was special for the 50th that did that, and then it made its way back over to the Caribbean after that. So I thought that was fun. You know, they, they did little things in each park, but I, I thought it was cool. Even on the Disney in the cruise, cruise line. line. Yeah, the cruise line, too. Um, Walt Disney World definitely got... I feel like they got the most of an overhaul out of anybody, mm-hmm. truly. They did. And I thought what they, the way that they did it, because I feel yeah. like it was just an overhaul that they needed to do. Yeah. But then they looped it in. So basically, and I'm cutting Kate off. No, but... go for it. I've been talking the whole time. So. <laughs> it's, it's the Josie show. Yeah. So I can do that. No. I'm kidding. I don't really mean that, you guys. Um, <laughs> Kate is a genius, and I am just lucky to be here. I am just the goofy moron. Um, Okay, so Walt Disney World introduced, like, at least one new attraction or show in each of the theme parks. And it was like, okay, so they said that they were like, Disney was getting Disney World was getting stuff from around the world, which yes, I thought was I really, really that cool. Concept. 
So Magic Kingdom had a major refurbishment on It's a Small World and on Pirates of the Caribbean. There was mm-hmm. a new golden overlay, obviously, for Cinderella Castle, but then mm-hmm. they had a temporary stage show called Cinderella Bration. Mm-hmm. And then Ooh. there was a new playground in Pooh's Playful Spot. Mm-hmm. Epcot got Soarin' from Disney's California Adventure and a Hong Kong Disneyland Preview Center. So something from Disney California Adventure. Something like mm-hmm. every park in Disney World got something from another park in another part in the world. Yeah, because Cinderella Bration came from Tokyo Disney. That's that's what that's what came from Tokyo Disney too. And then Disney MGM Studios at the time um, received a refurbishment on Streets of America and then got Lights, Motors, Action, Extreme Stunt Show, which came from Disney Walt Disney Studios Park in Disneyland Resort, Paris. Yes. And then mm-hmm. Animal Kingdom had Lucky the Dinosaur, which was a free-roaming audio animatronic. And then in 2006, they opened Expedition Everest during this celebration yes. as well. And what I love about that is like, Expedition Everest wouldn't come until April of 2006, but the other stuff, like you said, it really did tie in like each mm-hmm. resort. And so Lucky the Dinosaur was supposed to represent Walt Disney Imagineering. Like that's what the Imagineer said on the um, episode oh, so I listened cool. to. He was saying like, so from Imagineering, they brought Lucky the Dino to Dino Land. And then basically the only original, original thing that was coming for the whole celebration was the Expedition Everest um, attraction, which it was basically the last, like, attraction not tied to, like, an IP that Imagineers would create. Um, But, yeah, and I loved that um, both Soarin' and Lights Motors Action opened on 5505, like, with the start of the celebration. I knew that Soarin' had, because that's why it's flight... 5505 um but i didn't realize that lights motors action also opened on that date so i thought that was kind of fun um and then in tokyo disneyland they got the rock around the mouse stage show in front of their cinderella castle Mm -hmm. um a tribute to rock and roll and californian culture yeah from the period (laughs) when disneyland opened so i think that's cool it was like a californian rock and roll 50s show and then a golden 50th mickey at the base of the partner's statue acknowledging the sister park's milestone super cute um tokyo disney sea they opened the raging spirits roller coaster and a new tower of terror with a new backstory that was you know not themed to twilight zone which is wild yeah they said i I, i've heard on another podcast that they did that because of the the culture over there like twilight zone wouldn't have been popular over there so they went Uh their own way of something that would be creepy i've heard it's amazing yes i've heard it's awesome um which I love, again, that they got Tower of Terror. When we get to Disneyland Paris, they also got Tower of Terror. And like we said, DCA just got just got it like the year before. So they were just Yeah, so Walt Disney up. Studios Park got uh, Twilight Zone Tower of Terror and a new Toon Studios area. Their Space Mountain got a makeover and was known as Space Mountain Mission 2. Um, and then they got a version of Magic Kingdom's Wishes as well. And then Hong Kong Disneyland Resort, of course, opened in September of 2005 with their one theme park and two hotels, which was really cool because that's a whole opening of a whole whole park. Well, and what's cool about it being during the 50th is it was the fifth worldwide Disney resort to open. So, like, the fifth worldwide resort opened during the 50th celebration. Yeah. 
They're she big is on hoping fives. on five five oh five to be. The I know, fifth. right? What the heck? <laughs> so so crazy. Also Way for the go, attraction Disney. duplication of them kind of sharing across parks. So Disney California Adventure had Turtle Talk with Crush first, and then Epcot got it during this celebration. And mm-hmm. then Disneyland duplicated Buzz Lightyear's Astro Blasters from I guess Tokyo Disneyland had it. Yeah, and then um, Walt Disney World for its castle decor it got a magic mirror on the castle that would transform um through stained glass into images of cinderella castle sleeping beauty castle disneyland paris's version of sleeping beauty castle so it was encompassing like all of the disney resort castles in one which is so cool which i thought was really fun um and i remember when they had that little magic mirror action but i didn't realize like what it was at that time. So reading about this was kind of cool. And then I noticed they were like pushing Stitch's Great Escape and Turtle Talk with Crush. I found when I searched that Turtle Talk with Crush opened in Epcot in November of 2004, as well as Stitch opened in November 2004. It shows that DCA got Turtle Talk with Crush on July 15th, 2005. But I, I only checked one, I only checked one source, but, um, I thought it was funny that they're pushing, like, November attractions from the year before during the celebration. Right. I also saw in an article they were pushing the um, No Expiration Magic Your Way tickets, which I remember those back in the day. Th- those what were was awesome. our favorite ticket package called from a past episode? Oh, it was from a Maps episode. Oh, those were, like, the super duper... The super yeah, duper <laughs> duper tickets well, or something these, like that. These were, like, a game changer. Like, Nick's family still has, like, some of them still have no expiration, like, tickets. Because back in the day, they used to do, like, 14-day or 10-day, like, no expiration Magic Your Way tickets. And we bought those a few times. So, anyway, I thought that it was interesting that they were promoting those back then. Um, also, I found that... The start of the Magical Express at Walt Disney World was in 2005 <gasps> no, for this celebration. No and they ended in, the, it. <laughs> in the Orlando Sentinel, they, they, they for the featured fifth, yeah. the start of a complimentary bus or like transportation service from the airport, the Magical Express. Yeah, it was in May of 2005 for the 50th. So RIP to that. Um, that is crazy. Right? I was like, what? This is that they're ending it. I I think that makes me so sad because I, I feel like that was such a huge perk and it was so cool and that makes me so sad. So yeah, and then other than that, we had a, what something I thought was like such a sign of the times was the fact that this celebration ran through September thirtieth, two thousand six, and literally the very next day, October first, two thousand six, Year of a Million Dreams would start. For like the next two years, like they partied it up. They straight up said, "We got y'all for eighteen months. We got y'all for another twenty-seven months right now." So, um, <laughs> and I can't wait till we do our episode on that. I know we've been I'm holding out season five. I guess we should probably throw that. Yeah, out we're, there. we've been holding out. We've been holding Let's out on it. that one because I think it's going to be just so much fun. It That's going to be a really fun one. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, I thought I th- that's I think that's all I have really. 
Yeah, I think that's all she wrote. It was a really, really crazy celebration. Mm -hmm. I really loved the way that they looped in all of the parks in the world. That's something we just don't really see. We're not seeing right now. Um, And so it's really, really cool that they, you know, made everybody in every Disney park feel like they were a part of that magic and that celebration. Um, I thought that was such a good idea. So this was really, really a fun episode. We are so excited to be kicking off another season. We're so excited to have you here with us. Um, And as always, if you want to chat with us more, you can find us at Carousel Project Podcast on Instagram. And um, as usual, if you enjoyed this episode or another, please, please, please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. Um, those reviews with comments are a great way to let Apple Podcasts know what we're about. But I did recently find out you can rate podcasts on Spotify as well. Um, you mm-hmm. just have to click the three dots at the top and choose rate. Oh. It is only a star rating. It's not comments, but it can't hurt to have I gave, ratings I gave on, us five stars. On, it, it can't hurt to have those ratings on Spotify. So if you're like me and you listen on Spotify, that's another way to help get the word out about our podcast. Good to know. Um, and as always, share us with your friends, share your favorite episode, share this episode, beginning of a new season, and there's tons of stuff to catch up on. Especially our bonus episodes that you can find over on our Patreon. Thank you so much for listening. We love you guys. We can't wait for next, next episode. We can't believe we're in season four. Thank you so much for being here. We love you. Love you. Bye. Love you. Bye. Take Take care. care. Watch out. (laughs)